The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Good morning. Good morning once again. I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a, a very interesting show uh, today uh, for you all, so please stay tuned. I'd uh, just like to, uh, once again, give you a little feedback on who we are. Uh, we are Wellness Interactive, and uh, we do believe in a step further. We have our Wellness Lounge uh, in South Orange, New Jersey, at 14 South Orange, New Jersey, and uh, we engage on every platform, or we'd like to believe we do, in taking it a step further. And we invite uh, you to tune in every Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have uh, an amazing guest. I think you've also heard me speak about uh, Pastor Terry Smith. Uh, it just happens to be my pastor, which I'm really proud and honored to uh, attend the Life Christian Church in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, he is going to join us in a moment uh, to speak about his amazing book uh, called Ten. You hear me speak about Ten quite often, too. And, uh, you know, I listen, I really uh, believe that um, uh, what uh, we're here to do is to connect that whole uh, mind, body, and spirit and as you heard me speak in the past, that um, the spirit is, to me, a, a spiritual platform uh, has so much to being to do with being well, and so uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, engage Pastor Terry uh, with um, our, the spirituality component of our lives and how we make that transition into being a, a ten. So let me give you a little background on Pastor Terry Smith. His book is 10, and uh, some of the questions are, how would you rate your life? Will, uh, of course, uh, be one of the discussions that uh, we'll speak about this morning. Um, Pastor Terry Smith has served as a lead pastor of the Life Christian Church for 20 years. Uh, the Life Christian Church is a non-denominational faith community in West Orange, New Jersey, serving the New York City metro area. Uh, Pastor Terry is a co-founder of the New York City Leadership Center and an instructor in its Leadership Fellows Program, a gifted communicator. Uh, Pastor Terry speaks in 
a variety of venues nationally and internationally. He is passionate about challenging, developing, and encouraging leaders. And on that note, I'd like to welcome Pastor Terry with us this morning. Welcome, Hi, Pastor Hi, Desiree. Terry. It's great to be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Uh, I am very excited, of course, to, to have you because uh, I uh, would like our listeners to know um, uh, how, uh, well, I, I think, of course, and I believe after this uh, show they'll um, also uh, maybe perhaps feel the same way or, or think the same way about transitioning into uh, a 10 or having that uh, information provided or leadership by someone like yourself that uh, understands that uh, we are sometimes very stuck (laughs) and trying to get to a 10 uh, uh, in uh, various platforms may not always apply, but I think the spiritual platform uh, and your book may help us all. I'd like to read a paragraph from your book, um, which I find uh, definitely inspiring, and I hope that uh, the listeners will find it to be inspiring, too. It's uh, Chapter 2, High Hope Levels. We can view history through the lens of at least three fundamental philosophies, pessimism, optimism, or pessimistic optimism. Those who have a pessimistic view of history obsess over the failure of humanity. They believe that because human beings are so messed up, history will eventually spiral down into tremendous failure. Pessimists are the folks we see parading through the streets of our major metropolitan cities, carrying signs for various causes that read something like, the end is coming, and offering no hope of escape from our fated extinction. The other end of the spectrum is called optimism, and it is focusing strictly on human potential. This philosophy surmises that human beings alone have the ability to fashion a better world. Karl Marx, for instance, described to this humanistic view. We have seen the, excuse me, we have seen the demise of one of its offsprings, communism, in our lifetime. Can't we agree that none of us are able to sort our way through the multitude of problems and unfortunate realities in this world just by human power alone? I think that is amazing. I absolutely think it's amazing. And I'd like to just um, have you help us to make that transition or at least... uh, Think about uh, what that all uh, should mean for us, Pastor Terry, the reality in this world. Desiree, in the part of the book you're referring to, I refer to pessimism, you know, the idea that things are terrible, they can never get better. Optimism, which is a reliance on mere human ability alone which has proven to not work. And then I talk about pessimistic optimism, which recognizes that there's a lot of negativity in the world and even what I would call evil. However, because 
God's involved in history because people like you, Desiree, are engaged in this world. People who talk about hope, who talk about possibility, who talk about wellness. We should have high hope levels as well. So we look around the world, we can't deny the reality of um, evil in all of its permutations. However, we should have hope because uh, there's also a tremendous capacity for good. Somehow or another, all of us have to be engaged in that battle where we are advancing good in all of its manifestations in a way that, that helps constantly make this world a better place. You know, uh, and that, of course, uh, it's, it, it makes sense, obviously. It's an amazing uh, platform for us to uh, grab at, you know, as individuals. And um, I, my belief also, I, I think, uh, Pastor uh, Terry, is to um, uh, take that message and uh, hold on to it and take it with us in our everyday lives. So um, when we're in a, a work environment, when we're, uh, you know, with our families, when we're, we may be traveling, um, but, you know, if we can't, uh, you know, make that transition, I shouldn't say can't, but we're trying very hard. And when I say we, these are people, uh, the good of all this, the people that... Uh, uh, take uh, so much of our, our um, spiritual consciousness and move forward, and sometimes we're stuck because of all that negativity and the pessimistic, uh, sometimes pessimistic uh, uh, society that uh, we're engaging in, and that could be right uh, at, at in our, our work environment. It could, you know, uh, it could be any place we turn. How do we uh, really embrace this uh, power of 10 and, and that whole leadership on an everyday level? Um, I, I have read the book, and it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I think it's brilliant. You speak about a gentleman who uh, has his own business and how uh, you helped him to create uh, an amazing platform uh, to uh, for leadership and to be positive about uh, uh, his work environment. Um, can you help us all <laughs> understand how we take that with us every day? Well, without a question, most people live their lives surrounded by a context of negativity. And I think part of what's important is that we can't give in to that. And, you know, so a couple of responses to what you just have asked. One, which is that studies of leadership, and I believe that we all should be involved in leadership, mm -hmm. tell us that, and this is academic research tells us, that one key component of successful leadership is for someone to cultivate high hope levels. And so, and that, that is to cultivate high hope levels in themselves. So even surrounded by negativity in the workplace or any place else, we have to go to work 
to make sure that we are personally hopeful that we can experience life in all of its fullness, which is what Jesus promised in John 10.10, which is where I get the title 10, Mm -hmm. and that we can make a difference in the world around us. And part of that idea, uh, in reference to the businessman that I coached, who I think you're referring to, Mm -hmm. is that what we do every day, regardless what's going on around us, what we do every day has got to be connected to higher purposes and things that are ultimately and eternally important. So I was coaching a a businessman who is a great guy, uh, but he was in a business that though it was doing well, he was not personally happy. And he found himself kind of being a pessimistic guy. And he asked me to come in to work with him, and I did. And one of the things that we did that was very important is we rewrote the mission statement for his business. And um, I have it here. The mission statement is, our mission is to be a model business that honors God and serves people by operating according to the highest values and achieving profitability in order to practice generosity toward our customers, our employees, communities, and worthy charitable organizations. I simply say that we connected the mission of his business to doing good in the world, and that view of life and that view of business and that view that he could use his business as a vehicle to create hope in the lives of people around him really animated him. Mm. And I, I would say that every human being has the opportunity to make the decision to connect what they do every day, regardless what's going on in the world around them, to connect what they do every day to higher purposes and to find hope in that and to create hope in that for others. Mm-hmm. So for uh, those of us who uh, want to do all of this, or we may be doing it, um, how do we, uh, if we don't have access to Pastor Terry Smith, how do we do this? How do we, uh, what are some uh, examples uh that we can do personally, because I think, of course, that uh, what you just mentioned about the businessman, I, I just absolutely think it's it's necessary, it's beautiful, and it's, it's brilliant because I, I think our businesses, our lives would uh, be in a much better place if uh, the environment uh, we have at uh, work, and, and I think our listeners, you've heard me say this many times, that what you do at work and what you do at home is very much connected. It's 24-7. You don't want to be uh, in a completely different uh, uh, environment or mindset or, or just spiritually disconnected at work, and then you come home and you want to uh, be spiritual or uh, just um, uh, engage on a totally different platform. So uh, how do we make that connection to be that person, Pastor Terry, 
24-7. If you have an amazing leader like the gentleman you just mentioned who is creating that environment, but somehow uh, for us, we don't have him as an amazing leader. So uh, what can we do uh, to make that happen? What What are some of uh, anything we'll take any examples uh, to carry with us every day? Well, I, I actually think that you spoke to it quite well in 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 getting to the question, and that is there there can't be this compartmentalization in our lives where work is one thing, family is another thing, recreation is another thing, etc. Church is another thing, or, or our spiritual pursuits. Mm-hmm. Everything in our life must be about the same thing. And we have to know what that thing is. And that thing needs to be something bigger than ourselves. It needs to be about, in my view, being involved in what God's doing in the world to help make this world the kind of world he created in the beginning. And we have to get up every day to do that. So someone may be going to a job that's completely unrelated to some to things spiritual mm-hmm. in their minds, but it shouldn't be. Each person should be asking, how is what I'm doing on my job connected to spiritual purposes? How can it be a vehicle for spiritual purposes? And they they need to ask that about everything in their life to where ultimately there is congruence in every area of their life, everything working together synergistically towards the same goal. Now, wow. that sounds somewhat ethereal, hmm. but practicality starts in the realm of idea. It starts mm-hmm. in the it starts in the realm of concept. And we have to start by thinking about our lives. What is our mission? What is our life supposed to be about? How does this connect to higher purposes? How does this connect to things that cause me to feel more hopeful, that helps me to create a more hopeful environment around me, that helps me create a more hopeful world? And then we have to make sure that everything in our life is about that. Now, some people are involved in what I would call um, blatantly higher purpose businesses or causes. Mm. Perhaps they lead a nonprofit or perhaps they're building the kind of business you are, Desiree, that I hear so many wonderful things about. That's about <laughs> wellness and oh. all this positivity that you're engaged in. However, I've counseled people going to work on Wall Street every day where, that, where the business they're involved in seems to only be about profitability to ask mm. them to figure out how to use what they're doing every day to serve God and God's purposes. Mm -hmm. And they have to figure that out for themselves. And if ultimately they can't, they need to be doing something else. Mm. But so if somebody's going to work every day and they're making a whole lot of money, the question is, how is what they're doing serving a higher cause? Is it the way they're using their money? Um, Is it the way they're interacting with their teammates? Is it the way that they serve their clients? They have to figure that out. And whatever that is can't be a whole lot different 
than what they're doing in every other area of their life. Family, um, their spiritual pursuits, it all should be about the same thing. Wow. Beautiful. Excellent. You know, I um, uh, actually had uh, Pastor uh, Gina Strain on um, a a few weeks ago, and uh, she worked uh, as an investment uh, banker, and I think a portfolio was a billion-dollar portfolio. And uh, what you just said really uh, brings... (laughs) Uh, such uh, beautiful positivity in what um, uh, Pastor Strain mentioned also, because she left that job. But I think it's because of uh, also all the things that you just said, making that connection. And when uh, you make that connection and you understand uh, the the whole uh, uh, spiritual platform and the idea of uh, God, God being present with us at all times, and you make that balance, then uh, some of us, uh, it may be easier to uh, transition into um, being, uh, you know, comfortable uh, with who we are and uh, believing that uh, God uh, helps us to serve that purpose. I hear uh, that uh, music, and we're going to have to break for a commercial, but we are speaking with Pastor Terry Smith from the Life Christian Church in West Orange, New Jersey. Please stay with us. We shall return in a moment. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for tuning in. We're speaking with Pastor Terry Smith from the Life Christian Church 
and Pastor Terry Smith uh, uh, has, uh, I think, an amazing book. Uh, and you all know that I have used amazing before, and I use it quite often, but I only use it if it's truly amazing. And this book is very amazing. And it's called 10, and how would you rate your life? And we're uh, speaking with ta- Pastor uh, Terry Smith uh, uh, about helping us to make that transition into uh, being pretty much a 10, but all that God wants us to be. Because as you all know, uh, it is my belief that um, uh, the spiritual component is definitely related to us being well and that um, we can speak about the mind, the body, and then somehow uh, we're sometimes disconnected uh, with our spiritual faith or what that actually means, but just uh, think and feel and visualize having a balance of mind, body, and spirit. And so I'm so happy to have Pastor Terry Smith with us here today to help us with that balance. So uh, Pastor uh, Terry, I'd like to um, ask you, of course, about uh, uh, your church and which is my church too. Um, it, it's in West Orange, New Jersey, and uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go into just a little history because in your book, I love the idea that you relate so much of what you're writing uh, back to uh, history. So this is just a little history about the West, uh, how I became a member of uh, the Life Christian Church. Um, the Life Christian Church, uh, I moved to New Jersey from New York, and I was looking for church uh, with my family. And uh, I visited a number of churches, and I took my uh, uh, young girls, my daughters at the time, they were very young, to the Life Christian Church. And they made the decision to be at the Life Christian Church, although I was going to make the decision anyway, but they made that decision. I, I asked them, I said, so what do you think or what do you feel? They said, well, we like the Life Christian Church. And I said, why? And they said, well, you know, it represents everyone. It represents everyone. there, and, and, you know, to be at a church that really does not have uh, any defining uh, race or, or culture or other than obviously the spirit, our spiritual culture, I think is absolutely beautiful. I want to say that uh, when I am in the presence of Pastor Terry Smith and his lovely wife, Sharon, uh, at the Life Christian Church representing our country, our world, uh, I feel so at peace and so comfortable. So I want to thank you for that, <laughs> Pastor Terry. And, Very kind. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I would really like our listeners to know how you created such a, an amazing uh, spiritual platform. Uh, because at one time, uh, I think that there were only 100 members or 50. I think when I uh, joined, uh, there were 200. And I think now there are thousands. And it's, it's as I said, it's such a beautiful platform to go in and just uh, see everyone represented from all around the world and our country. How did that all start for you? Well, it really began for me when I was a 15, 16-year-old 
young person and had a sense of God's calling on my life to be involved in vocational ministry. And soon thereafter, somewhere in my late teenage years, I had I had a real sense that I was called to lead a church in a suburb of New York City. I'd never been to New York City. Well, kind of a long story, but at the age of 29, there was a small congregation that was aware of me from my speaking around the country and um, through a relationship with a gentleman who had founded the church, who was a friend of mine, who asked me if I would consider coming to be their pastor. And uh, I did. And there were 54 people who voted to elect me as their pastor. This is going back 21 years now. And we were in, uh, frankly, pretty dumpy rented facilities uh, in a, uh, in my view, kind of unattractive area of West Orange. Right. Mm-hmm. And over the years, by God's grace, we've we've grown considerably, and we are dedicating a new church campus this weekend. That's just, as you know, Desiree, spectacular. It's amazing, beautiful. The 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 wonder of this thing is that somehow we have grown to be what some some who know a whole lot about churches and growing churches and so on, what some have called the most diverse church in the world. Yes, now, it I is. I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if, if it's statistically the most diverse church in the world, but I never meet anybody who's seen a church more diverse than we are. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people will ask me, Desiree, you know, can you teach us how to, create such a diverse group of people who love each other so deeply. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I don't know that I could teach anybody that. Right. It's something that, by God's grace, has happened. We have not made diversity an issue, which really right. stuns a lot of people. <laughs> right. We don't, we, we don't talk about it. I mean, we don't avoid it. I mean, we're thrilled. Right. And we celebrate it. But yeah. it's not like we, you know... Back in the early days, I had people who knew we had a variety of people coming from a variety of backgrounds who would want to come and do seminars on diversity. And I would say, are you kidding? You want to mess this thing up? (laughs) Why do I need you to come and teach us how to do something that's just happening? Now, I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. No, I understand. but... But that hasn't been our path. Our path has been to follow the teachings of Jesus as best as we know how, and to love each other. And from that has grown this amazing diversity, not just in race, ethnicity, uh, nation of origin, but socioeconomic diversity. Uh, We have very wealthy people. We have people who who are struggling to survive, hopefully not for long, because the teaching of our church really tries to help people to get better at their lives and to become more successful in every way. But, you know, we, we just have this crazy diversity of people and I'm, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a 
white guy from Indiana. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do I? Well, <laughs> maybe you know? not to us, right? <laughs> we just don't see anything. We see a great leader, so that's good. But I get it. <laughs> we so, get it. <laughs> so we 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 do not have a dominant racial group in our church. No, nope. mm-hmm. I don't really know how to explain it, Desiree. So that was a long rambling way to say. No, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I well. I think, though, um, it uh, also you know, kind of relates back to uh, the 10. I, I could see now why you would write such a book, because you're not uh, really focused, maybe, on uh, the... You're, you're really, truly focused on the giving of oneself and that whole spiritual component. And I say that because, you know, I visited a lot of church, churches to, in my lifetime, and, you know, uh, I think it's great that we have pastors, but just as if if you're, you were on a board, uh, you have a working board, or you have a board that, you know, sits and strategizes. So uh, when you uh, are uh, a leader in a church, you're either a teacher or maybe you're a, the pastor is... Uh, delivering the word. And I think uh, in your case, there, there's just so much uh, that you share intellectually, and you're never uh, in a place um, where uh, you're making the assumption that people may not understand the connection or the intellectual uh, platform that you present. That's just my take on it. So I'm very uh, honored to be at uh, the Life Christian Church because uh, uh, every uh, Sunday, I'm learning something, and uh, that's uh, what I think we should all be motivated to do when we attend a church. Your uh, and then I want to ask you, uh, church to me, just to me, uh, I think churches uh, serve so much, or should serve so much beyond the doors of. Uh, us being members and engaging us because uh, uh, the members that attend churches we're always loyal and committed. But uh, what's being done beyond the doors is what I think uh, a church uh, should represent. And what I mean by that is uh, we have so many churches, uh, many cities have one on each corner just about. I always wonder and I, I just can't understand how uh, we can have so many churches and still have people who are struggling uh, outside the doors. And as you just mentioned, we're always reaching and helping uh, uh, our members, but we also actually go beyond the doors, which you have not spoken about. But um, when it, we had the very small uh, little storefront church, you were still doing things beyond the doors and and i it it just amazes me how um uh not only our church but uh many other churches can create that platform to go beyond the doors to help people we we have to do this can you speak about that because um there are many churches that don't do that <laughs> well first of all in 10 I ask the question, you know, what, what is a 10 life? 
And I, I answer it by mentioning the words of Jesus in John 10, 10, where he promised life in all its fullness, or one uh, paraphrase from the message says, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And I ask the question, how in the world can somebody live more and better life than they ever dreamed of? And that's a pretty high standard. Mm-hmm. And I answer it by saying, by living the life that God dreamed for you. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that fulfillment or living the life that God dreamed for a person is never just living life for oneself. Because when, when God created people, he purposed people to partner with him in doing his work in the world. So a fulfilling life or a, the life that God dreamed for us is getting involved in God's dreams for the world. And we can never be personally fulfilled unless we're involved in, in fulfilling God's desires. And so you cannot be a fulfilled person and be a selfish person. Again, a kind of a long winding path to say then as a church concept, in order for a church to be successful and to create big people, the church can never be just about itself. It has to exist for purposes outside of itself. It has to be involved in what God's doing in the world. So we, we always have to begin by asking, what is God up to, and how do we get involved in that? And clearly, the heart of God is to care for people who are broken, for people who are in poverty, for people who are in prison, and so on. And so how in the world could we be a great church if we're just about trying to be a great church? We couldn't be a great church if we were just about being a great church. We have to be a church that creates a platform of service. That kind of church uh, is, becomes a place of fulfillment. It helps the people who are part of it become fulfilled people because we can never live the ten life, a fulfilled life, the life that God dreams for us if we aren't involved in what God's doing in the world, and that's typically something outside of ourselves. You know, and I think, uh, thank you for that, because I think that's that's extremely important, and I think that uh, it it takes me to uh, a paragraph here in your book where it says, I don't think many people launch their lives wanting to be average. Regardless, that's where many of us land. I don't think wanting less is our God-given first instinct. Somehow, we learn to want less along the way. You may feel that you are living a life that is good enough. You may be well-educated, employed by a Fortune 500 company, and involved in a life-changing volunteer organization in your community, but there's even more out there, open to the possibility that there are dreams and purpose and meaning inside of you, opportunities you're not yet aware of. Well, I think uh, just reading that, it's extremely powerful, and that if we're able to grasp this here right now, <laughs> the paragraph in your 
in a church or you are um, very uh, uh, comfortable where you are or if you're not comfortable in the church that uh, uh, you're in, I think it has a lot to do with uh, looking inside, as this, uh, as you just spoke about, really looking inside of yourself and uh, feeling that there is more. There's more to do, always more to do. And you can be at the Fortune 500 company, but not fulfilled because there's more to do. And I think that's when you know you're uh, in uh, one of the great churches to help you uh, uh, make that transition into helping others and to feeling empowered uh, uh, with the 10, actually. And I hear the music again, so we shall return uh, once again with Pastor Terry Smith, the author of 10. We'll be right back. Thank you. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you again for tuning in to uh, the Wellness Lounge a step further. And we, of course, have with us Pastor Terry Smith, uh, who I'm so uh, grateful, actually, to have uh, with us today. He just happens to be my pastor, and uh, he's written, uh, I think, an amazing book, a book called Ten. I'd like to uh, maybe just speak to you about uh, your lovely wife, uh, Sharon, Pastor Terry Smith. I, I, you know, it's, I, I don't want to tap into that, uh, that whole idea of, uh, right now anyway, pessimistic or, you know, any of that. But I, I have to, I definitely have to speak to this 
first of all, I think your wife, Sharon, is absolutely lovely. Absolutely. Just she uh, definitely um, is a, a leader for all of us, especially women. I think that's very important because sometimes it's, um, uh, from a distance, I am speaking from a distance, I've visited, as I said, many churches, it is very difficult to connect if uh, the first lady of the church uh, does not seem connected. And I've seen that before, but I just want to uh, give a shout out, you know, to our first lady, Sharon. She's Sharon Smith. She is absolutely amazing and just really beautiful, and I'd love for you to, uh, you spoke about how uh, you made the transition into uh, really helping us all to understand uh, our spirituality and what uh, God wants us to do. How does that uh, uh, translate into uh, having such a, a beautiful, strong family? One of the most important choices, of course, that any of us make is the choosing or being chosen by a mate. And it's interesting. We were having this conversation last night with one of our adult children. We have three young adult children, none of whom have married yet. And we were talking and we're talking quite a bit at this season of their life about how Marrying the right person, if one chooses to marry, if and all of our uh, kids would like to marry, how marrying the right person is so incredibly key mm-hmm. to one's future success. And I was blessed to marry a woman who, uh, in addition to being, you know, gorgeous and. Mm-hmm. All of that uh, had a sense of calling in that she wanted to be the wife of a pastor. Ah. And, you know, that's a pretty amazing thing. Her father was a pastor. Wow. And even in spite of some of the rough and tumble of that profession, mm-hmm. she had a sense of calling as much as I did that this is what she wanted to do as her life's work. Wow. And so, you know, that's been huge for us in that. She has, and you know, you you noted Desiree just uh, being there um, and observing. She is a full partner with me in this this thing we've been doing here for mm-hmm. 21 years in West Orange, mm-hmm. and that just makes a tremendous difference. Wow, it's, you know, you said something about um, she made the choice. There were uh, decided she wanted to marry a pastor. I just think that's awesome. It's amazing. I actually have not really heard that before. Maybe other people have. But uh, to be able to make the decision that your partner should be a pastor and you, you want to continue to partner with uh, helping people and, uh, you know, delivering and uh, educating us on God's Word, I don't really know uh, that uh, that would be easy for most First Ladies. I'm not sure how they made their decisions, but 
just to hear you say that, it to me is empowering because we do have that choice. You know, we have that choice as, as partners or as women to say, well, you know, I, I think I want to marry a pastor. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> you know, I think it's you beautiful know. because then it helps you to connect and, and continue uh, to do uh, the work that's necessary from a spiritual platform. I, one, one, I think one of the most important concepts that I talk about a lot and I talk about in my book is the concept of area of destiny. And it's this this idea that God has predestined our lives to be lived in a certain context, every one of us. Mm-hmm. And area of destiny can have to do with geography, but it's more than that. It's it's a it's the framework of our lives. It's what our lives are supposed to be about. It's the things that we are gifted for, the things that we are passionate about, and so on. And I think that one of the most important things that a human being can do is try to discover their area of destiny. What is my life supposed to be about? Wow. It doesn't mean that they know that in specificity. Mm-hmm. But then every choice we make in our life of any significance has to be in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Sharon, for instance, had a had a sense that she wanted to marry a pastor. And when she was making pivotal choices in her life as a young woman, she made choices in alignment with what she believed her life was supposed to be about. And, you know, every one of us has the ability to make choices like that. And sometimes people will make ridiculous choices, mm-hmm. not in alignment with their area of destiny. Mm-hmm. And it takes them off track. Mm. And they have a almost impossible time really coming back to that sweet spot of life. Mm. So, you know, one of the big things that, um, uh, if, if, if I could name drop here. Yes, uh, Susie, absolutely. Susie Welch, uh, wife of Jack Welch, former. Mm-hmm. CEO of GE, Susie's right. former uh, editor of the Harvard Business Review. Mm-hmm. She she says that her favorite new career idea is area of destiny. Uh, <laughs> after hearing me speak about this in reading ten, and she mm-hmm. says that she asked her her young adult children so often about area of destiny that they will sometimes say to her when they see her mom, "My area of destiny is doing <laughs> fine. How's yours?" The idea is you have to figure out what your life is about. And once you figure out what your life is about, especially when you're a young person, but you can get back on track later in life, you have to make decisions in alignment with your destiny, which is what Sharon did when she chose in in all of my imperfections to marry me. And (laughs) it's the decision we made together when we decided to come to the New York City metropolitan area. And it's the way we're trying to teach our kids to live as well. What's your life supposed to be about? Now, everything else, everything else has to be about that. Ah, oh, wow. Oh, I love it. I see it. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I see it. It, it also, uh, I think now it, it, it explains why, uh, 
our church community, our members. It, it's just an amazing congregation and dedicated, uh, doing so much beyond the doors of the church. And I, I see that because, yeah, you're, I, I love the idea that uh, uh, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're partners in this. It's not just the role of the First Lady, you know, basically showing up and uh, as the First Lady, but really showing up and uh, participating and being that partner to help us all. You know, so we're looking at two leaders and not just one. So, wow. Uh, well, Sharon, we love you. We absolutely love you. So you said you have um, you have three adult children. Uh, and, you know, I see them uh, in church. Uh, if uh, Well, a couple of them, I know that they're away. They live in different cities, and one is in college and so on. Um, question, how... Difficult, and it might be. I might. I, I don't know if I'm using the correct word, but how difficult is it when? Okay, your dad was a pastor. Uh, your wife's dad was a pastor. <laughs> you're a pastor. How difficult is it now in 2013 to maybe perhaps um, engage uh, young people and maybe including your your children on the idea of uh, uh, ministry? Do they, any of them want well, to be a pastor? Well, I, I want to be careful, Desiree, about uh, imposing my sense of what... You know, each kid is so unique, as you know. That's true. And, and I will say, I will say that, that one of our children um, is studying... Our youngest son is studying theology and philosophy at Wheaton College in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And um, he's leading our youth ministry this summer, and I think he would say that he is exploring um, <laughs> his area of destiny. But, ah, I love it. That's but, <laughs> but, you know, our our middle son, Caleb, who's out there uh, where, where you're, I believe... My daughters know, are, both yeah. Both your daughters live out there as well. <laughs> you know, he... He graduated from Yale with a degree in film studies, and he's out in L.A. chasing his dream and playing the role of starving uh, artist, playing the role of starving artist real well right now. Yes, yes, but I think that's beautiful too, right? <laughs> but but I would say, and this is really important, mm-hmm. that I think it's possible that if he has any success in that field, that and if he does that with the worldview that he's been taught and that he has uh, uh. now adopted as his own. That, mm-hmm. that that's ministry, yeah. and he okay. he if he could produce one film that could impact more people's lives than the entirety of my ministry, and wow. I would say as it concerns my my daughter, who lives mm-hmm. right here in Maplewood and who is uh, interested in a career in a child psychology and helping children and has a real gift around that mm-hmm. that. If she's successful in what she feels called to do and impacts the lives of numbers of children, that that's ministry. And the important thing is that each of us find our area of destiny, and we go all out for that. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's just awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you know, we've been uh, uh, speaking with uh, Pastor Terry Smith, 
from the Life Christian Church in West Orange, New Jersey. Please uh, pick up uh, this amazing book. Uh, it's fabulous. Ten, How Would You Rate Your Life? Uh, it uh, has actually been endorsed by a number of people. Uh, Cory Booker says, If you are as passionate as I am about creating a better world, and then this book will instruct and improve and then, well and inspire you. Terry's ideas have motivated and helped me. You are going to love ten. And I can go on and on. We have Wycliffe John here, Jericho Cautry, uh Francis Hesselvine, uh, just a number of people, and of course, uh the amazing Jack Welsh. <laughs> and Susie Welsh has endorsed this fabulous book, so please pick it up. I think you'll uh, be inspired because I definitely am. I want Desiree, to thank you. Yes, Desiree, yes. may I just say this quickly? Absolutely. We're in an interesting transition time in that uh, Tim is, though it's, I, I think it's still available on Amazon and in bookstores. Mm-hmm. It won't be for long. It's being re-released by Thomas Nelson in October as wow. Live Tim, Jumpstart the Best Version of Your Life. It's available for pre-order on Amazon as Live 10. So just, I'm not quite sure exactly where all that stands, but people can probably purchase 10 now, but they can pre-order Live 10 in its new version for October. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. And you can always, uh, I think, pick it up at the uh, Life Christian Church in West Orange, New Jersey. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pastor Terry, for helping us to make that transition to a 10. Thanks again. And I look my, forward to... My privilege, to, Desiree. You're welcome. I look forward to having you, you all, excuse me, you all with us next Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Okay? Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.